Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in your dreams. Listen, folks, time is running out. Women entrepreneurs, if you are ready for a life-changing entrepreneurial experience, I need you to head to dyob2017.com. We are taking applications all the way until March 8th to join me and my coaching staff in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. It's going to be a phenomenal experience. You can listen to all of the testimonials on the website, as well as on my Instagram at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. Make sure that you go ahead and apply. So first, let me thank you so much for the groundswell of support that I received about why I go to therapy. A lot of you were very appreciative for me being really transparent. And the reason why I am is because I understand that a lot of times we think that we are in something by ourselves when the truth is we're not. We're not in it alone. And sometimes you need to know that the people that you look to for leadership and guidance have been through some of those things and that God is able. I am a testimony of what God can do. And the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations because the trying of your faith produces patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, you will be whole and complete, lacking nothing. And that is how I am able to share that with you. So please know if you're going through something, keep going. God is faithful and he will absolutely bring you through it. So today is part two of why I go to therapy. And as promised, I'm going to bring forth one of our guests. But I did want to share some updates and some questions that I received about the last episode, particularly regarding the situation with domestic abuse and and my mom and all of that. Again, God is faithful. When my mom was going through those things, she was not saved. She did not have a relationship with the Lord. And since that time, not only has she gotten saved, but she became a licensed professional counselor, a Sunday school teacher, a leader of marriage ministry, remarried. I mean, God completely turned that situation around. And because she's a licensed professional counselor, obviously, I understand the value of therapy and being able to talk to someone at the same time, what she's been able to do is take that experience and be able to minister to other people. Believers, when you're going through something, guess what? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's never about you. What you are going through, what you have experienced, what you've gone through and what you have survived is for the benefit of somebody else that is going through it right now or that is going to go through it. And you are uniquely qualified to tell them your story so that you can pull them through, just like you're hearing somebody else's testimony pulls you through. So don't be afraid to share your stories. Remember, the past does not have a forwarding address, and you need to absolutely be able and ready and willing, a vessel, to be able to minister and speak into someone else's life. So without further ado, here is my conversation with one of my favorite psychologists, Dr. Tiffany Bellamy. And we're going to talk about some of those things and some of that resistance that we feel to go into therapy, what a therapist's role is, and some affordable and accessible ways that you can get access to the support that you need. Enjoy. As promised, believers, part two of why I go to therapy is going to bring before you one of my favorite psychologists, Dr. Tiffany Bellamy who specializes in identity development and anxiety disorders. And she has been the person who, when Prince died, she had to talk me off the ledge. I was so hurt. I'm still not completely over it. But she is the first person I thought of when I thought about therapy because she's so 
helpful and can provide such a clear picture of what the relationship between therapist and patient is supposed to be, and also what the role of therapy truly is in your life. And so, Dr. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So, some of the things that I wanted to bring before you is a lot of misconceptions. In in our community, there is still a lot of stigma. There's still a lot of hesitation about going to therapy and quite a bit of resistance. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think that we need to deal with these past issues? Why not let bygones be bygones and just keep it moving? I think that's a good question. And actually, it's kind of like three questions at once. One, we have to address that we are in a culture, immersed in a culture of secrecy. You know, a lot of times we are very much resistant to opening ourselves up or even delving in to our past trials or things that happen. And we continue to hold on tightly to the motto of keep all your stuff in-house, keep it inside, don't open up. But I have to ask the question, how does that work? Because if we think about it for every triumph, every time we've overcome and all these things, people are still suffering. Our communities are suffering with secrets of sexual abuse, neglect, inability to function in relationships, broken families, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not working. Being quiet is not working. So you say, okay, why can't we just get over it? Let bygones be bygones. Because you can't get over something that you have not addressed. Pain unaddressed becomes present-day stress. It's going to manifest itself in some way. Just like I said, you know, all those broken relationships, inability to function. Some people can't hold down jobs. And it's because we have carried so much pain from generation to generation or so much dysfunction. Sometimes it's not, you know, everybody was not molested and everybody, you know, didn't witness a lot of trauma. But there are things and patterns in our families that occur that are dysfunctional and that we just don't know how to handle. Thank you so much for bringing that up. You know, the point about the the generations, believers, I don't want you to miss this. Sometimes what we believe to be normal is really not healthy. Just because this is what happened in your family and just because there might have been name calling or bullying or people treating each other a certain kind of way within a family dynamic doesn't necessarily mean that it was right. And sometimes that can be hard to reconcile because these are people that we love. These are people that raised us. This is what we know. And so when that gets gets challenged, I can see the resistance. But at the same time, Dr. Tiffany is saying that there is a consequence from all of that. And so it might be that you can't have a healthy relationship or that you can't hold down a job or that you can't control your emotions or manage your anger. And all of those things are relevant things, not only to bring to the counselor for what's happening with you, but as Dr. Tiffany said, to look at what are some of the patterns that we learn from our family. Children learn what they live and then children ultimately become adults. And you're right. We keep repeating these cycles. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I always hear things like, well, my mama did it and look, I'm all right. I turned out fine. And I have to challenge people and say, by whose measure though? By whose measure? 
Are you fine because you escaped doing time in jail, but your kids have never seen you? They're falling apart, you know, they don't know how to cope. So by whose measure? And I ask people to ask themselves that and challenge themselves and what they've learned over the course of, you know, their lifetimes and in their families. And this is not to say that everybody is just purposely acting horrible, but it is to say that we have to continue to challenge some of this illogical thinking and these habits that we continue. Thank you so much for that. I wanted to bring up another point of resistance. So this is something else that I get all the time when I talk to somebody about going to counseling or possibly therapy or when I get strange looks from people. One of the biggest questions is, doesn't talking just make it worse? Why dredge up all that pain why not just leave it buried underground? Doesn't talking about it make it worse? In other words, I think there's a real fear of experiencing or reliving pain or trauma or things that have hurt our feelings. And so what is the benefit of talking it through? Can you address that? Sure. And I guess the way I think about it is like this. As human beings talking, it's what we do. It's what we do. You know, we talk about sports. We talked all night long about the Oscars and who did what and how they made a mistake. But when it comes to things that affect us deeply, mom's the word. And I get it. I get it, especially in our community. If we feel like we can't trust each other, we also learn we can't trust ourselves. So why would I feel comfortable in a room exposing parts of me that I have not even really addressed to myself. That would be very, very difficult. But again, I say, if you're looking to live your best life and your healthiest life, you have to talk those things out because we are individuals. We see things one way. That's the purpose of the uh, professional, to help guide you. I tell my clients all the time, I don't come in and tell you anything different from what you've told me, but my reflection back to you adds a little bit more clarity, adds a different understanding of human behavior, and it can help you heal those parts of you that you had no idea was keeping you from being a successful business owner, being a good parent, or just being happy. So if all you have to do is come in a room and talk, I think it's worth it. And then the other thing I do want to add that counseling and therapy it is not always just talking and digging out your past, you know. Some people need that, but not everybody needs that. We do a lot of different things. So, you know, you have to give it a chance. You'd be surprised. You know, something that you brought up that I want to highlight here, listeners, is if it is your goal to live your best life, and that's important, if you are going to seek counseling or therapy or outside help, you have to go in there with some intention. I know that sometimes, especially if you go in with another person to try to resolve some sort of conflict, a lot of times people go into counseling and the goal is for the counselor to tell the other person, this is all your fault. I was right. You was wrong. Boom. And now, you know, I have somebody else on my side, which is also another reason why people don't want to go to counseling because they don't want issues, quote unquote, put on blast. And so you have to go in there, like Dr. Tiffany said, with, with a goal and an intention. And something else Dr. Tiffany said is that it's not the counselor's job to, quote unquote, fix the problem. Is that accurate? 
That's right. That is right. You can't come to me and expect for me to <laughs> fix your life, <laughs> as Iyanla would say. I'm not there to fix your life. I'm there to help guide you to living your best life, being your best self, producing the best content of you that you can, anything you can contribute to the world or want to contribute to the world. So yes, you do have to be intentional. Now, you don't necessarily have to have it all planned out because sometimes people come and they say, I just don't know what's going on. And we just figure it out. But you have to be intentional about wanting to feel better and to live better. That's all it takes. Nothing else. Not only intention, but also recognizing, and this is one of the reasons why therapy is so important for me, is because especially believers, many of you aspire to positions of leadership and influence and you're building platforms and you want to be seen. And the more visibility that you have, the more pressure that you have, and you can lose sight of things. Every leader, every influencer, every human being has blind spots, things that are happening that other people see that you just don't see. And so for me, it's important to have a third party or someone that I know has my best interest at heart to reflect on those blind spots or to point out those blind spots because there might be things happening in your life that you don't see that someone else, a counselor, might need to point out. Mm -hmm. And that's so important that you pointed that out, especially those who are what I consider high achievers, go-getters in life and Sometimes, well, I'll say many times, you'll find that those people come from a line of high achievers and things. And so they have a certain way of doing things and they don't see that, oh, maybe this might be seen as a different way. Particularly with some of the CEOs that I work with, they always have a different, a difficult time balancing family issues with family. And it's like, well, you know, I saw my mother do it this way. My grandmother did it this way, so my kids would be all right. And then we know that we live in a different time, and our children need a little bit more attention than probably we were taught to believe, even though I disagree. I think children always needed attention. But, you know, we were taught to believe that, oh, they'll be okay. And now you see so many uh, problems with kids and an increase in depression and suicide among kids. I mean, sometimes with the high achievers and the go-getters and the CEOs, we have to work on things like, how do I make time to pay attention to my children? Because I've always done this. This is how I've seen it done. And now somebody said, or the school called and what, you know? <laughs> and this is another issue. You know, sometimes Counseling, therapy, uh, seeking a third party can be helpful just to be able to balance and to manage. You know, sometimes when you are in a high stress situation, so the, the stress to perform and you need a means to vent out that stress, unfortunately, sometimes that stress does get vented on the family. I've heard many people say that, you know, well, my mom or my dad just went into the room and just closed the door. And so it might not have been yelling and shouting, but it, it was a clear message I don't want to be bothered with you. I don't want to talk to you. And the thing is, is that as believers, you know, and we're, we're going to talk about the belief piece in a minute, you know, but as believers, we know that we can't treat our families that way. You know, the, the Bible says that those that don't look out for the, the needs and the interests of their own household is worse than an infidel, is worse than a heathen. 
And so uh, I think Maya Angelou says you can't go out in the streets grinning good mornings at everybody else. And you didn't say two words to me in the house. That's just not how it works. And so striking that balance is, a, is another key piece. But I do want to bring in the role of the church, because this is something that I talked about in the last episode. And even right now today, there is still a lot of, oh, just pray and walk away, put it in God's hands and, and, and walk away. And that's just the end of it. And a lot of people in the church are suffering with that theology. Can you speak to that? Yes. And, and it's kind of sad because that theology really is not rooted in the word of God. If you are a Bible studier and you've gone through the scriptures, we see all the time where the stories are filled with people who sought counsel and who, yes, they prayed, but they prayed and they got messages and direction and guidance from other people to help them. And then they acted and they moved. So to believe that we need to remove that peace from our day-to-day living, you know, it boggles me. But then it doesn't, because I have to remember that resistance and not wanting to be vulnerable is really locked into our psychological DNA. You're talking about years of oppression, years of mistrust, years of being treated, you know, less than. And so we kind of were taught that the only thing you can do is rely on a prayer. As we have experienced more freedoms, when we look at going to counseling and we look at going to therapy, we look like, oh, that's their thing. Why would I do something that they're doing? And we stay locked up and vulnerable, um, you know, not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to open up ourselves. So something like, oh, just go pray about it, keeps us in that mindset. It keeps us safe in, yep, that's what I'll do. I won't let anybody else know, but God was going on. And I can go down that road, but half the time we don't even let him know, even though he knows all things, but we don't even know at times how to be vulnerable with Christ. That's amazing because we can talk about the story of Jonah. We can talk about the story of David. We can talk uh, so many different examples of how you get to a point where you are vulnerable with Christ and he provides assistance through other people. So, you know, it is bad theology. I, I get it. My question is, how is it working? We have pastors that are committing suicide. Yes, yes. People in leadership, uh, people in the church are still struggling. And the thing is, is that, you know, as Dr. Tiffany said, if you read the Bible, there are so many examples of when God sent human help. David is one of those stories. His best friend, Jonathan, Jonathan was a true friend. Jonathan was Saul's son. And so he was the true heir to the throne. But he set aside his personal agenda to be a friend to David, the next king of Israel. And it often reminds me of that story where the story is told that a man drowned, was shipwrecked at sea, and he kept praying to God, Lord, please send help. Help me, Lord. Help me, please. So a sailboat pulled up and said, hey, I came to help you. I came to rescue you. Do you need a hand? And he said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. Right. Are you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm waiting on God to save me. And the sailboat rolled away. Then a helicopter flew overhead and he said, hey, we're going to drop down the ladder. Just climb on up. 
And he said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. And ultimately he drowned and God, and he said to God, Lord, I called on you. I prayed. You didn't save me. He said, um, I sent the hell sailboat and the helicopter. You know, what more do you want? And a lot of times that's how we are with God is that we're sitting up there suffering and we're waiting for the, the heavens to open up and we're waiting for a, a visit from an angel or we're waiting for this earth shattering or this earth shaking miracle moment when oftentimes God is sending what is available which in the form of human help. He says, right. I sent assistance and you resisted it. And so believers, please know, you know, I love the Lord. At the same time, I love the people that he has allowed to come into my life to provide mentorship and to provide counsel. And it really is about trust. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. Think about those words, a sound mind. And so many of us are struggling because our minds are not sound, because we are distressed, because we are anxious, because we are fearful, and none of those things are of God. And so if he has gifted someone with wisdom and foresight and the educational background to help you navigate some of those challenges, then yes, pray but also seek the help and the wisdom and the guidance of godly counsel. Exactly. Now, one of the things that I always hear is that therapy is expensive. Ain't nobody got money for that. And ain't nobody got $300 to be sitting on somebody's couch and all this, that, and the third. And so can you tell me some, what are some affordable ways that people can access therapy or counseling services? Sure. And you know, I have to say, I believe that that's a misconception that it's <laughs> too expensive because I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where if it's about preserving your life and health, it's never too much. And I need to find these people charging $300 and so I can do that. But anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the things that people truly, truly, truly miss out on is insurance. For a simple copay, you can have an hour or whatever of counseling. And people's copays, I've seen them from $10. The most of copay I've seen is about $40 or $50. And, and you know, it's worth it. It's worth it. Use your insurance. You're paying for it. A lot and of people don't realize that, that your medical coverage actually includes mental health services. Yes, it does. There are very few that don't. And in Illinois, most of them do. So use your insurance. I think uh, people should know that there are community health centers in every neighborhood or surrounding neighborhood that provide services as well. So you may not have insurance. You can go to your community health service center and um, get services. Now, one of the misconceptions are, oh, those aren't real therapists or, or those aren't real counselors. Yes, they are. Many are just as educated as me, you know, a clinical psychologist. Give it a chance. Don't always think because it's in a community that your service won't be exactly the same. They're doing the same thing that I am. And then, you know, if you do not have insurance and you don't want to go to the community health center and you heard good things about the therapist, people do sliding scale all the time. Sliding scale is, hey, we'll work with what you make and, you know, charge you based on your income. 
or even pro bono. I know I take a couple of pro bono cases, meaning free, several times a year. Another way I believe that people forsake is the church. A lot of churches provide counseling service under their pastoral care umbrellas. So you can go meet with a licensed counselor for a number of sessions for free, usually. So those are some ways. Not to mention, you know, back in the days, so believers, believe it or not, once upon a time, I used to work in corporate America uh, before I became a professor. I used to work in human resources. And a lot of companies, corporate America, have something called EAP, Employee Assistance Program. And the Employee Assistance Program is a paid-for benefit provided by the employer. And all you have to do is call the number and tell them what your needs are. And it's anonymous. You just take advantage of the services. And so a lot of ways to, uh, another way to get some affordable counseling is to ask your employer whether or not you have an EAP program, employee assistance program. And if so, counseling services can be provided at no charge through that situation as well. Yes, I have quite a few EAP clients. And so, Dr. Tiffany, as we kind of wrap up this interview, I have two more questions for you. Number one, what books do you recommend? Because some people, even after hearing this podcast, are not quite there yet. Um, They're not quite there yet. And that's fine. But my goal, my hope is that you begin to think about the process. Think about your total health, not just whether or not you can run and jump and skip and, and have the facility of your limbs and the mobility of your limbs, but how are you mentally? Because one of the biggest misconceptions is that our mental health doesn't affect our our physical health. Uh, Last week, I mentioned the book Childhood Disrupted, and it was talking about how traumas in childhood manifest in all kinds of adult illness. So don't underestimate the health of the brain, the health of the mind, You know, God has called us to peace and has given us the power of a sound mind. But of course, the enemy is always at the gates trying to rob you of your peace, rob you of your joy, make you feel insecure, make you feel less than. And so this that's what the goal of this podcast is, is to make you think about your total health. But if you're not quite ready to go to counseling or therapy just yet, what are some books that you recommend that people can pick up and read and start that journey? I have tons, but I, I I just want to say this. Everybody may not need counseling, but everybody can benefit from counseling. So, you know, you may not be ready, and I get that. And so if you're not ready and you don't have time and yada, 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 I am a big fan of self-help books. There are many out there, some of the my favorites. And, and you know, I incorporate this with my clients, too. We read and talk, everything. <laughs> everything goes in the pot. But one of my favorite authors is Dr. Brene Brown. She is, a, I think, a social worker by trade. Two books that I recommend by her are The Gifts of Imperfection and The Power of Vulnerability. I think those are so, so helpful, especially for those who are looking to just really improve their emotional health. I can also recommend The Mastery of Love by another favorite author of mine, Don Miguel Ruiz. The Mastery of Love is a practical guide to the art of relationship. And if we think about it, relationship is life. We have relationships with our loved ones, on the job, etc. And I just found this one to be most helpful when trying to navigate through 
you know, breakups, makeups, new love, etc. <laughs> I also recommend any book by T.D. Jakes. I think his writing style really fits our culture. I think that he does an excellent job of speaking to African-American men. He has a book that he wrote a few years back called He Motions that I use, and it's excellent. And finally, I'll recommend one more, and this is for people that have experienced the loss of a loved one and, you know, struggle with grief. It's called Life Between Sundays, and this book is by Joseph Warren Walker III. I found that to even be helpful when I was going through a divorce. It's a really good written book, pretty simple, not too deep, you know, even though it's written by a minister. Sometimes we think, oh, they're going to be all religious and deep. No, not, not the case all the time. But I recommend all those books, and I can give plenty more. But I tell people, you know, find somebody that piques your interest and that you enjoy the writing style. So you can help yourself along the way. You know, thank you for that, Dr. Tiffany. And so Believers, all of these books, along with the links to purchase them or take a look at them, will be in the show notes. As she was talking, you know I was in my Amazon cart like, mm-hmm, let me add that one and let me add this one. One of the books that you mentioned, one of the authors you mentioned, Don Miguel Ruiz, he has another famous book called The Four Agreements. Almost every major influencer that I have subscribed to over the years highly recommends that book. And so that's another one about looking inwardly. And believers, here's the thing. At the end of the day, all we can control is ourselves. All that we can can do, even though we can't control what happens to us, we can't control what other people are going to do, and we would drive ourselves crazy trying to worry about it. All that we can do is control our response. All we can do is manage our own emotions. And for those of you that have ever experienced what happens when somebody can't manage their emotions or what happens when you can't manage your own emotions, I think all of us have some things in our lives that we have done where we let our emotions get the better of us and moments that we wish we could take back. And so, you know, coping mechanisms are really, really important. And so that's why I wanted to bring this forward, because I know that sometimes you look at people and you think they just have it all together and they don't, (laughs) you know, and as grateful as I am for uh, what God is doing in my life and, and the platform that God has allowed me to build, I cannot forget how I got there. It also just goes to show to believers, listeners, that when you have a destiny, when you have a calling, when you have a purpose in your life and the enemy knows that, he will throw everything and the kitchen sink to, right. to try to thwart that. But God's word is true. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. At the same time, we have to be willing to take the help that is available to us and be willing to start that process. So, Dr. Tiffany, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your kind words, for spending some time with our listeners today. Believers, I hope that you will take these words to heart. I will put all of her book recommendations and suggestions in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I just want to say one of the other books I often recommend is Believe Bigger. Shameless plug. No, thank you so much. Um, I I appreciate that. One of the things that that I just continue to be blessed by with that book 
is the number of people that come up to me and say, I just want to hug you. I just want to hug you. Then they well up with tears and they say, I was going through some things and just thank you. Just thank you so much. That's real. You know, I wrote that book for, for us, <laughs> you know, for the people that are living life faking fine. Things are not always fine. And even though we might present that narrative on social media, I know better. And I hope that that book will allow us to do better. So thank you, Dr. Tiffany. If you guys have any comments, takeaways, shout outs, et cetera, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and you can also follow Dr. Tiffany. Dr. Tiffany, what is your social media information where they can send you a shout out as well? Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Tiff, T-I-F Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E. I am on Facebook at Dr. Tiffany Michelle Bellamy, and I am on Instagram at clear to play. Love it. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time.